Ah, yes. Good morning. You know, I kind of thought, you guys hear me speak all the time, so I thought today would be a great opportunity for you to meet my beautiful wife and to hear what she has to say some things. Um, see? One of the things we do at Celebrate Recovery is we learn how important it is to share our story, to share what God has done in our life, to share our testimonies, what, what the word is we use. And a few weeks ago, um, one of our young ladies from church named Bethany shared her testimony. And my wife got on the stage and she just spoke about how important it is for us to share our testimony and all this. And I said, you're up. <laughs> so today is a great opportunity. We want to share what, what God's done in our life. Today is actually my birthday. Yeah. Um, I was actually born May the 15th, but I was born again September the 22nd. So today is my spiritual birthday, um, 13 years. So I thought there's no better time for us to share what God's done in our life. Um, oh, the Christmas play. You know, I'm really good at volunteering people for things, right? It's one of my spiritual gifts, right? To volunteer people and force people. My father-in-law is retired and can sing? <laughs> Danny, have you ever thought about being in a Christmas play here at BCC? Yeah, see, there you could be a great birthday present. So you should pray about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll get you a script and we, I'll, I'll sing with you in it, not in the play. But, <laughs> no. I just, I told Robin, I said, I see a perfect opportunity to pick on my wonderful father-in-law. <laughs> so I think I will. But our story, um, you know what? We don't share a lot about our past because, you know, it's, it's in our past. It's behind us. So we don't share a lot about it. I'll share a little bit about my life growing up. Growing up, I come from a pretty big family. My dad had five siblings and each one of them probably had four kids. Um, so our family life was great growing up. We, we were a close-knit family, all of me and all my cousins and my aunts and uncles. We did every holiday together, um, every birthday, every Thanksgiving, every Easter. I remember always being together as a family. But I also remember that at every family function, it was very heavily drinking. It wasn't a bunch of dysfunctional yelling, screaming, and fighting, but it's just, I'm a Yankee, in case you didn't know that I'm from Michigan. And, and that's just what we did growing up, was drink. I remember that, and then I was talking to my dad this week about it a little bit, and he said, you know, he said, Jason, it goes a lot further than that. He said, my dad drank, my uncles drank, my grandpa drank. See, there's a thing the Bible talks about as being a generational curse, is what it talks about. So I kind of grew up, I didn't kind of, I did, I grew up with a generational curse placed on me from a pretty young age. It was just kind of what I was brought up in. But like I said, it wasn't um, a dysfunctional kind of drunk. It was just, they just drank. That was what they did every time they got together. Um, so I learned to make choices at a pretty young age because I was around it. But you see, I reached a certain point in life where those choices rolled on my shoulders and not my, not my dad's, not my uncle's. It was me because I became an adult. I became old enough to know the choices I was making was wrong, correct? We all reached that point in life where we know what we're choosing is wrong. Um, I don't blame them for any of it because I knew what I was doing was wrong at a certain point. So that's a little bit about me. It's kind of the lifestyle I grew up in. I started at a very young age doing things. Um, um, smoking pot in about the fifth grade. I started pretty young doing things. But that's kind of where I grew up. And then I met this lovely woman right here when I was 21. I met her um, when I was 21 years old. And we made a lot of choices together that were bad. A lot of wrong choices together. Um, we had a life of what, what the Bible refers to as a life of sin is what we had. Um, the details are irrelevant because sin is sin, right? My sin might have been drugs and alcohol. Your sin might be gossip. Your sin might be backbiting. See, sin is sin to God. 
Each one of us make a choice in life to either walk in sin or to walk in the righteousness of Christ. So until this day, 13 years ago, I chose to walk in sin. Simply put, I want to read a verse to you. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. It says, as for you, that's me, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world in the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. See, we've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. It separates us from God. I lived a life separated from God, simply put. So, and my raising was a little different, a lot different than Jason's, actually. I was raised in a home. My parents are here this morning. I love my parents so much. Um, but I was raised in a home. They loved me. They did. They had me in church. They wanted the best for me. I mean, and still, despite all their good intentions, I chose a way that was not a good way. I had to make the choice for myself. Once I became a teenager, um, it's just that, the, how do many of y'all know the world is so loud? The things of this world can just be so loud. And if we're not intentional to combat the world with the word, then, um, then it can overwhelm us. And it, that's kind of what it did. You know, my friends were doing this and it was just, and so I just chose the path that the world was offering, and, um, and it led to sin. I mean, that's when you follow the ways of this world, it leads to sin. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I was copying the behaviors and the customs of this world. Um, and it led, and it's fun at first, you know, you think, oh, well, my friends are doing this, it'll be fun, and, um, but let me just tell you, it's not, it ends in death. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And so, I was just a lost teenager, and I met Jason, and we did fall in love, and, um, and it was good, I mean, for a while, for a season, I guess. And then it wasn't so good. Um, addiction really grabbed a hold of us, and we just got in the depths of it. And we did a lot of hurtful things to, I did a lot of hurtful things to myself. I did a lot of hurtful things to him. I did a lot of hurtful things to other people. I mean, it was just, um, and hateful. I mean, it was just not a good time that I really, and like he said, the details of it really don't matter. It just was, um, it was miserable. I just think back on it, and I'm like, how did we not kill each other, kill ourselves, kill somebody else? I mean, it was just, it wasn't good. It was, I felt like um, we were in the depths of hell, almost. Um, so, um, we had our two girls in 2004 and 2005, and as much as we loved them, um, we still couldn't change. We still could not stop using drugs. Drugs just had a hold of our lives. Um, and we hit rock bottom. And I just love that here we were in the depths of our sin. And God came after us. It says in the Bible, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he came after us, y'all. And he used people 
to do that. And so I don't know. I just want to encourage you guys to be the hands and feet because y'all, as y'all reach out and love people, you don't know what God is orchestrating in somebody else's life. Because as I look back on it, I just think about the people he sent over, neighbors coming over to pray with us, to invite us to church, because it was clear that we were lost and needed help. And people saw that and reached out and loved us. And... Um, so, yeah, I changed jobs. My boss was a show. She had a God was just working in the midst. He was like, here I am. Choose me. Follow me. I want you. And I'm so thankful that he still pursues us. He still um, does that. We have a, our God is so good. Yes. yes. So, um, yeah, so God kind of worked all that out, and we had a choice to make. I mean, because ultimately, as he pursues us and chases us, what are we going to do? It's up to us to choose what we're going to do. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of the greatest things about our God is he gives us free will. See, every day we have to wake up and we have to make a choice. Um, so one day we had to wake up and make a choice. Yeah. Um, thinking about the people that God placed in our lives, one of the people... is our pastor. I don't ever want to get to a point to where I forget how those people treated me because then I'll forget how to treat those people. See, so when our pastor, when God used him, this church was being built and I probably literally weighed 115 pounds. I don't have that figure anymore, praise God. Um, I was rough. Um, I was real rough. They were, we were building this church, hanging the drywall in it. And pastor saw something in me. I don't know how old this building is. Let's just say 20 years old. Um, so, you know, five, six, seven years before I ever came to Christ, he was sowing seeds of love into me. Um, we were in here building this, and I'd gotten in a little bit of trouble, and I had some community service. Well, he went and had lunch with the judge and explained to the judge that I worked hard, blah, 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 and I got to do my community service in this building at night. So I can just put it this way to you. There was lots of sheetrock and stuff hung in here where I didn't sleep very much. Um, I spent a lot of late nights in this building by myself with spotlights set up working doing community service. Um, I wasn't praying over the building by any means. Um, but he poured love into me when I didn't love myself. When I looked in the mirror and hated everything about myself, he saw something there that God saw. See, and that's the type of person we should become because God truly leaves the 99 to come after the one. I was the one. I was the one. If you're born again, you were the one. He comes after every sinner in the same method through his son, Jesus. There's no other name we can be saved by. So he comes after us in that way. So it brought us to a place where I went to John 3:16. Monday will be September the 16th of 2006 I got in. So 13 years ago last Monday is when I got in. So while I was at John 3:16, God saved me. God took me and he began to shape me. He began to mold me. He began to love on me in ways that I had never experienced in my life, an unconditional love. He just began to embrace my brokenness and to reshape me. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So today I celebrate that newness. It's on this day 13 years ago that I got down on my knees and I cried out to God. Um, it was just me and him in a little room. I'd been crying for a week. I was broken. I was broken spiritually, emotionally, physically. I was broken. I had hit rock bottom, and then they put me under the barrel. 
You know, they say I was in the bottom of the barrel while I was under it. I had nothing left in me. Praise God. See, there's something I'm thankful for, and that's brokenness. Because until I was broken, I didn't need anybody to fix me. Once I realized just how broken I was, shattered, I cried out to him. And what a God he is. He's a God who just reaches down and embraces us with a love, with a kindness, with a goodness that draws us to repentance. And it drew me to a place to where my thought process began to change. And I had to do a lot of work to renew this. Um, you know, the renewing of the mind is a process that we have to do. Our spirit's renewed instantly when we come to that saving grace, to that faith. But all this baggage, all this junk, I had to deal with. And that brings me to the verse that says, Ephesians um, 2, 4 and 5 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you've been saved. It is nothing I did that saved me. It is his grace that saved me. I, the day I went in, I was smoking crack cocaine until the time I went into John 3.16. I did not try to stop because here's what I would have said. Oh, I'm done. I, I quit again. I, you know, I hadn't been high in two days. So I was in a complete disarray and, and mentally when I went in. And Christ, the mercy that he reached down and touched me with, went through all of that. All of that dysfunction. All of that brokenness. And just held me up. And loved me. See, he didn't just hold me like this, though. He brought me close to himself and began to embrace me. It was amazing. God reconciled me to himself while I was at John 3.16. Colossians 1.21 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you, present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. See, I sit before you today, Amen. no accusation can be held against me. Nothing. I've been washed clean of everything from my past, and I know that. That's why I don't talk in detail about it. But here's a little kicker to that. I had to claim it. I had to say, yes, I did that, and yes, that's been forgiven. I couldn't push it under a rug and act like I didn't do it. See, that's called denial, and God doesn't work very well in denial. No. I had to claim it and give it to God. Yes, I did steal everything my mother had while she was on her deathbed. Her medicine, her money, everything. Yes, I did. But you know what? He forgave me. Yes. I just think, too, we got to do that, too, because we have an accuser out there. And he likes to remind us, you know what, remember that time you did that? And when we claim it like that, we can say, yeah, I do remember. But let me tell you about Jesus yep. who forgave me and has washed me. And so, yeah, there's power in being there able is. to do that. Are you done? Pretty close. <laughs> Are you going to say anything else? One of the things I love her. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to This is to our add normal that. relationship. In case you guys have never heard me talk, this is the way it goes usually. Are you done? <laughs> well, maybe. But you know, we've actually, we just celebrated 18 years of marriage, right? I don't know. I'd have to yeah. count. Yeah. But we've been together for 23 years. We dated for five years. So we've, we've been through life together. You know, our testimony, I really don't have a lot of testimony without my wife. You know what I mean? Our whole life has been entangled since she was 16 and I was 21. And, and so basically the two became one, which is what the Bible says should happen. Good and bad and ugly. Good, bad and ugly. The two become one. And we push through the, the bad, the ugly, and there's always good. We push through it and we don't give up. Um, but one of the things we teach at Celebrate Recovery, we teach 12 steps. 
These 12 steps are so important in life. They're so biblical. See, so while I was at John 3.16, I did what we refer to as step three. I made a conscious choice to commit my life and will to Christ's care and control. See, that's where it all began, right there. Because we can't just come to church and expect to be born again, expect to be saved. We have to make a conscious choice to commit to Christ. So I made a conscious choice to commit to Christ. Amen. I'm done. Okay. okay. <laughs> and it's an individual choice. You know, it's a choice that he had to make, and it's a choice that I had to make. And praise God, we both made that choice. So not only could we be reconciled to God, but God could work on reconciling our marriage and reconciling our relationship. But first, I had to make that choice, and he had to make that choice. And he had no idea. I hear him say all the time, I was going to John 3, 16. I had no idea what my wife was going to do because I was still in the world. And so, but I did, I mean, the girls moved in with my parents and I grabbed a Bible and I just, um, I just ran after God. I did. I just started seeking him and allowing him to work on me. And I chose Jesus. I surrendered my life. And I remember even after Jason got out of the ministry, um, cause I was a, I was a mess. Like, even though my spirit was new, like he said, I mean, to be honest, all those years, Sin still has a consequence. You know, there's still baggage. And so for those that say, and what maybe like, oh, well, yeah, they turned out okay. Praise God we turned okay. But let me just tell you, it came with a lot of baggage and a lot of work to, that me and Jesus had to do. I mean, I was just a hot mess to say. It's probably an understatement. But I just remember sitting on the couch just doubting my salvation because I was such a mess. And Jason was like, let's just settle this. He's like, we just need to pray and let's just settle this and be done with it. And so, um, so we did that. And I, I haven't doubted since, you know, because I am still a mess sometimes. But that doesn't mean I'm not saved. That doesn't mean that I don't belong to Jesus. And so, um, so I'm so thankful that, um, that, I can be, that we can be sure of our salvation. And... Um, in this time when it was a great time when he was at John 3:16 just the I'm so thankful that we have a God that gives us a fresh start because oh my goodness did we need a fresh start and he we can have that any moment of any day too we can be like lord I just need a start over sometimes when we're going to school in the morning and everybody's fighting I'm like let's just start over you know let's restart <laughs> and so um, so yeah I'm thankful for that time that renew that time of reconciliation and that time of um that time of healing that we get Ephesians 4:32 says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you and so we were able to forgive each other because we had done a lot of things to each other and because Christ had forgiven us we were able to extend that forgiveness to each other and really learn what it means to love you know before we did fall in love, but we really didn't know what it meant to love because we had not experienced the love of God. Now that we had experienced the love of God, we were able to love each other more completely and better and more like Christ. So, yeah, I think that's all I got there. I'm not going to ask you if you're done. <laughs> I'm way too done. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, one of the most important things, part of this uh story is, is a home church. Um, we had to be placed somewhere where we could get rooted and established so that we could do what God called us to do, which is to flourish. God didn't call us just to be sober. 
God called us to be a light in a dark world. He called us to do so much more than just to be saved. He didn't just call me to go to heaven, but he gave us a great and mighty work to do here on earth for him to bring glory to his name. So it was so important that we had the shelter of a church. We tried another church, very loving people. They loved us. Um, uh, it just wasn't where we were supposed to be. So God moved us over here to BCC uh, about 11 years ago. And in that, um, he's done a lot of things through us and a lot of things um, for us here at BCC. It's been an amazing journey. And of course, Celebrate Recovery. Um, golly, the things he's done through Celebrate Recovery in the last 10 years. It's been amazing just to see the lives restored and to see um, so many people get set free from just the baggage of life whether that's addiction, divorce, hurt, pornography, whatever it is, there's just so much baggage that comes, the world throws at us. Um, and on Celebrate, uh, Celebrate Recovery, we, we talk real. We talk about the real things of, of the world. You know, we, act, we don't act like this, this isn't really happening on our phones. We don't act like this isn't really happening late at night on computers. Um, and usually when I start talking about it, about 10 people will do this. But that's okay, because someday they can do this. And they can be set free too. Um, but it's a safe place um, for the lost and the broken to heal. And God has used us, like I said, in a great way here. He's done, he's done a great thing through it. We're fixing to, this last Friday night, I think we had 292 people here at Celebrate Recovery. That's amazing what he's doing. You know, there's not many shepherds that would let a Celebrate Recovery do what it does here. Um, that does, wouldn't have a resentment, that wouldn't be fearful of things. But he sees what God's doing through it. And he allows God to do what he's doing. Allows us to do what God's called us to do. Um, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of them get shut down because, you know, people get scared. He's not scared of kingdom work. That's why I'm supposed to be here. Because I know I'm a little abrasive. I know I'm a little coarse sometimes. But you know what? He lets me be me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm just so thankful for a church that allows us to grow at our, that sees us where we are and loves us where we are, but at the same time encourages us to continue to grow in Christ. And I just, I'm so thankful for that. Um, but yeah, so we started CR and... So, yeah, it was, it's hard. Can I just tell you the 12 steps are hard? Um, I don't, doing an inventory, evaluating relationships, I mean, digging deep, stuff like that, it's really hard. But let me tell you, it's worth it. It is powerful to be able to do that. And I remember the first time I did an inventory, I mentioned lots of baggage that I had, and it was hard. Laying all that stuff out, looking at my life, looking at the choices I had made, and um, I was hurt. I had a lot of inner turmoil going on inside of me. And um, I needed healing in so many different areas. And it was only by getting in a step study and doing the inventory and laying that and being honest with God and myself that I was able to experience that healing. And I think it was years after maybe three years it sounds like after since we're celebrating 10 years that I got saved so for like three years as a Christian I was walking around with all this heart and inner turmoil inside of me and um yuck and so I finally got in a step study and um and it changed my life I remember reading Ephesians 4 31 it said it says get rid of all bitterness rage 
anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And I was just hanging on to some of that from the past, from that hurt. Although we have forgiven each other, there was still this bitterness and this hurt that was there that I needed to be able to let go of. In Ephesians 4.22, it says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to pin off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and true holiness. So I had to get rid of all that other, that junk, and then put on this, my new self, this newness that Christ wants me to walk in. And let me tell you, my new wife, she's amazing. She really is. Um, what God has done in her, you know, it's different for me and her. She, uh, and I'm going to be real, a lot of guys don't really deal with all that baggage. That's the reality of it. We, we get saved, we get born again, we move on, but we don't always dig as deep. And I've seen that in the last 10 years at Celebrate Recovery. We don't. She dug deep, and the transformation is just, oh, my goodness, it's just a completely different person. It's amazing. Um, it just is what God's what God did through that verse right there. Yeah. I'll never forget when she, when that verse came alive to her, Ephesians 4, 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Yeah. When that verse came alive in her, everything just changed mm -hmm. drastically. Yeah. Jason always says um, it's a choice followed by a process. And so we had made that choice, but now it was time to walk out the process of allowing God to heal us and to change us and to transform us. And it is, I just think, I, I got into counseling. I, um, I did the step study. You know what? Me and Jesus did the work. You know, he had saved me, but I had to, there, it's still, there was that baggage that had to be dealt with. And so life's not easy. Things come at us, and so use the tools that God gives you Amen. to do the work, to stay free. I love my, one of my, it's my life verse, I think I've decided, Colossians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And I want to I wanna stay free. I want to be free. And even just recently, he has revealed to me, I love the Holy Spirit. He's always working. Don't you love that? He's always working. And he has revealed to me an area in my life that I, I need healing. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And he's like, I think you should do an inventory. And I'm like, oh, you know, in a very specific area that I need to do an inventory. Because you know what? I want to be free. The freer I am, the more I am able to love others and serve Jesus in a in a way, and I'm not held back by stuff because anything that holds us back, it, it keeps us from what God wants to do in our lives. And I don't, I want, I don't want to miss that. And so, I guess I'm going to do another inventory. <laughs> but it's going to be a little bit more specific and maybe not as bad. As you realize she just got a whole lot of accountability for this, right? <laughs> when you're on the stage and you say something, everybody's, everybody heard that, you know? So guess what she's going to do? Another inventory. I love what Pastor said even after that song. I was thinking about how he's always resurrecting us. He's always bringing to life new things in us, you know? And so let's cooperate with that, you know, and surrender to that with what he wants to do. See, God didn't just call us to a ministry of Celebrate Recovery. Our life is a ministry. 
You know, people are like, well, how many days do you get off? You know, the reality of it, when, when you're in the kingdom of God, there's really not a day off. Yes, we take a Sabbath day and rest, but you know, there's really not a day off. He's all, God's always at work. So our life is, is, is ministry. We've got to learn to keep our eyes on, on the things of heaven. Um, I'm going to share a little story with you. Let's say eight years ago, um, when Celebrate Recovery started kicking off, we put a big billboard over there by Hardy's across the street. said, Celebrate Recovery. Had my phone number on it. That was great for 3 o'clock in the morning phone calls. Um, we put flyers up in all of the laundry mats um, and hung them in there. And uh, I had a young man one time call me about 2.30 in the morning from a laundromat. Or he got my number from the laundromat and he went home. And he said, you know, I've never had a place where I felt accepted, where I felt safe. He said, and that's what this says. It's a safe place where I can be accepted. And I said, yes, you can. You can. And I think I said, what are you doing? He said, well, right now I'm smoking some ice. If some of you know what that is, some of you don't. And you know what, though? I saw a drastic change in this man's life over the, over the years and stuff. Because, see, sometimes in the beginning I had to be available at 2.30 in the morning. I had to be available at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because there was a whole, a whole group of people that needed to hear what God had done in my life. Um, as I get over 45, you know, around 45, I'm not available at 2.30 in the morning anymore. You know, I mean, I might wake up at 2.30, but, it, you know, usually if the phone rings, I'm letting it go to voicemail now. It's a little different. But life is ministry. We've got to learn to focus on the things of heaven. Colossians 3, 1 and 3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Everything we have belongs to God. J&J &J Construction is Jesus and Jason Construction. Um, we hire a lot of John 3.16 graduates. Every morning we meet for a prayer time, for a little devotional. Throughout the day we go out into the world and we, we try to be lights. We, uh, um, Josh Cash and uh, Cody have been working at a lady's house for the last few weeks who's a non-believer. She's had a rough, rough life. She lost her husband, a lifetime husband, a couple years ago. He was in a coma for seven months. Then she had breast cancer. Then her son died. Now she has cancer. Two weeks ago she went in, had a rod put in her leg. God put us at that house for more than to build her a deck. God put us there to be a reflection of his son. Life is ministry. Life has to be ministry because I died and I was raised again with Christ. So what I love about it is the people he's put in my life, the guys that work for J&J. When you look at what God's doing around you, golly, how can you not cry? How can you not recognize the goodness of our God and the glory? So she's there. She, she's, a, she's a great lady. She cusses a lot. She uh, drinks a lot. Um, she's a great lady, though, because you know why? That sin doesn't make her a bad person. She just doesn't know any better yet. So Cody grabbed her the other day and said, can I pray with you? Cody's a little more high-strung than me, if you can imagine that. We probably grabbed her. Come here. Let me pray with you. But, you know, through that little seed that was sown, guess what? All the misery of losing her husband, the misery of losing her son, the thought of the cancer, all of that, she can still have a peace in the middle of every storm. He didn't say he'd calm the storms, but he said he'd give his children a peace. Our rental properties are not ours. Our rental properties are used to help people get on their feet. It's, it's used... I don't want people to rent for me forever. I want to help them buy a house. Amen, we have rental properties. That's great. But I want to see them go to the next step. 
We use our apartments for, um, you know, people that are starting out, um, little one-bedroom apartments, John 316 graduates and other people that are having a hard time. This, this week, I had to evict somebody because he wasn't paying his rent. That's okay. I have to be a steward of what God's entrusted me with. Does that mean I have to be mad at him? No. So I sent him a text and said, hey, man, I love you. Sorry it didn't work out, brother. I'm praying for you. He's fixing to get married. I said, I'm praying for your new marriage. He texted me back and said, thank you so much. I just needed that place to help me get on my feet. Or I could have got um, upset and, and got an offense towards him and said, dude, you didn't pay your rent, blah, 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 blah. How would I ever win him to Christ with that attitude? Because it's not about the money. It's not about the property. It's about the person. Life is ministry. Yeah, Philippians 2, 4, I love the scripture. It says, not looking to your own interests, interest, but each of you look to the interest of others. And I just, Jason, he lives a life that does that so beautifully. You know, he does truly care about other people and, and look into their own needs. You know, it's a selfish world. I mean, I get selfish sometimes and I have to remind myself, oh, wait a second. It's not about me, <laughs> you know, and be like, okay, what can I do to help you? Could you imagine if all of us just lived a life where we were just looking out for one another? What can I do to make your life better? How can I help you? I mean, it would, just, it would be beautiful if we all lived that way. Um... So I do, I do, we'll just add this. Let me see. Because um, as you were talking, I was thinking about some stuff. <laughs> well, I was listening. That's a normal oh, I was listening. Let me take that back. Hold on. I was listening, but I had a thought. <laughs> Man, I love the reality that comes out when we sit before you guys. You were talking. What did you say? Hold on. I was thinking. No, no, no. You guys ever do that? Nobody, right? <laughs> um. It's not always easy. You know, it's hard sometimes. And sometimes it really makes me nervous and scares me. And to be all, and just, it's just a life of faith, I guess. And I don't want, you know, I, we don't have to be afraid, but sometimes it's just a lot of responsibility and it can be overwhelming and scared the crap out of me sometimes. But I do, I, I'm like, Lord, She's we funny. want to live a life of faith. A life that depends on you. You know, we can't do this without you. We need you through every bit of this. And sometimes I've even prayed, if you ever want us to do anything different. or <laughs> Because it is a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of work. But you know what? He is faithful and he is there and he is seeing us through it. Um, so, but yeah, it's good. It's, 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 a, it's good, but... It requires a life of faith, I guess, and just depending on him and leaning on him through it all. And so, yeah, we've talked about just each other, how we need each other. I, I am so thankful for everybody that um, God has brought into our lives to do, for everybody in this room here to celebrate with us as we even share our story because it is such a special day, I think, with it being Jason's birthday. I mean, 13 years ago, this God became a new creation, and so that is just, um, that is awesome, so. Well, as we get ready to close, you know, God's raising up an army, period. He has been since the day he went. That's what Jesus has been doing. But see, an army takes more than one person, correct? There's different roles in that army. So one of the things that we need to grasp is what our role is. 
Not everybody should sit on the stage with the microphone. Um, so right after God says that we're a brand new creation in Christ in 2 Corinthians, he gives us a charge to be his ambassadors too. He gives us a ministry of reconciliation is what he does. I want to read these verses to you. And then as they play, can our prayer team come up here as I read these verses, please? 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, today, a lot of us in this room are Christians. We have been born again, but we still carry a lot of baggage. See, because it's a choice followed by a process. So today, maybe you need to come up and one of these people pray with you to take the next step in that process, to lay that baggage down, to lay those resentments down, to lay that offense down because something or someone has offended you in life and it's keeping you from moving forward in your purpose. She offended me, but see, I had to lay that down. I offended her, but she had to lay that down. Maybe today is your birthday. Maybe today is the day of salvation for you and you need to make a choice to accept that love, that goodness, that mercy, and let God begin to shape you today. These people can pray with you for that. It's as simple as believing that Jesus died for you, that he rose again, and that you're a sinner in need of a savior. You can do it where you sit, or one of them can pray with you. So during this last song, I want you to think about your life for a minute. I want you to think about something we might have said that made a little something stir inside of you. Maybe it brought up a bad feeling towards somebody or just some hearts that today you need to bring to the foot of the cross. You don't even have to let them pray with you. See this big open spot? You can always kneel by yourself. This is what I call an altar, which really represents the foot of the cross. Where you kneel at the foot of the cross and you lay everything there. See, Jesus doesn't give it back to us. When we bring it to him, we can leave it with him. So today, maybe there's something you need to lay at the foot of the cross and let Jesus have. So during this last worship song, the altar's open. These people would love to pray with you for anything, everything. But above all, today is the day of salvation.